The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Welcome to Overland Park Community Church. Good to have you here today. I'll tell you a story. A few years ago, I'm not exactly sure how long ago it was, but it was April Fool's Day. I can remember it very well. And I was invited to go to a fortune walk for lunch by one of our members, uh, one of our, our core members, a person who really had a lot to do with um, the interview process, and he was a board member of the church, of the advisory uh, team who interviewed me and Abby and, and brought us up here. And so he, he played a very instrumental role in my family making the decision to move uh, to Kansas City to, like, revitalize this church. And so he, he was a very good friend of mine. Um, and I, I, Abby and I connected with, with uh, his name was Jason, uh, Jason Lynch and Stephanie. And, and so we, we just connected with them immediately, uh, and we became good friends. Abby and Stephanie got really close. And so we were, we were doing life together. And so on this April Fool's Day... He took me to the fortune walk. He told me that uh, he had gotten a new job and he was moving to Dallas. And I kept waiting for him to call me that day and say, April Fools. April Fools. <laughs> he never called. And he moved. And man, it was just hard. It was hard. It was hard for the church. And so we, um, you know, we, we've had some of that this year. We, a- April and Calvin moved to Houston and they were part of the core team uh, as well as they moved up here from Oklahoma and helped us to re- revitalize this church. And, and that is so difficult, man. When people leave, you just feel like, oh, uh, it's, it's, it's just heartbreaking. You love people, and, and they're no longer um, here to do ministry with you. And, and so it just kind of breaks your heart. And I know it's hard for the church. And I've had to announce some of those things and say, man, you know, April, April and Calvin are, are leaving. We're going to lose them. And it's just like, oh, man, that, that stinks, man. We're like, we, it seems like we try to get going, and then this happens, and we lose people. So anyway, to make a long story uh, longer, uh, I got a call uh, about a week ago and was invited to go to Fortune Walk by Jason. And so he told me, he said, hey, man, you must be praying a lot. He said, because I wasn't looking at all, but this company came after me, and we're moving back to Kansas City. And I was like, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so, so exciting. You guys, so those of you who don't know the Lynches, um, obviously you know Ron and Sherry. Um, Jason is Ron's son, and uh, you're going to love them. They're going to be great for the church uh, to have them back. It was just, that was the news I was holding in last week. I couldn't tell Abby they hadn't told the kids yet. And so it's just great news to hear that somebody's coming, coming back home, and that, that's exciting stuff. And so maybe we just continue to pray and and Calvin will be transferred back to Kansas City also. So anyway, uh, it's good to, to have you here today. wanted to announce that news to you. Um, today we join a movement of 90 churches in Kansas City called What If the Church? What If the Church? And all these churches today are, are launching this series. And we'll be teaching over the, the next few weeks about what if the church... Um, participated together and focused on one common theme. Last year, we focused on uh, uh, foster care and thinking about how we could bless the foster care system. And so this year, um, the focus is, what if the church blessed the neighborhood? What if we really got intentional about blessing 
the neighborhoods that we live in. And so all of us live in different neighborhoods, different subdivisions. And so what if we just really got intentional about how could we bless our neighbors um, and uh, open our homes, open our lives, and not just be the casual um, like it is with my, my neighbors, just confession time a little bit. I know my neighbors uh, to the right and the left of me, and generally a a lot of the conversation happens either around the mailbox or when they're coming in from work and, or I'm coming in and we give a simple uh, wave or Bob is outside mowing the yard and I'm like, hey, hey, Bob. And he's like, hey, Jimmy. And that's kind of like, that's my neighbor, you know. And, and so their kids are a little bit older than ours and that probably, um, you know, complicates things for us as our children are younger than theirs. But that, that doesn't, there's no excuse for, for even us, like, to not have taken more steps to maybe intentionally bless our neighbors. And so we think in terms of, okay, well, how, how can we, if we're going to focus on this for the next few weeks and, and really give some attention to intentionally blessing our neighbors, how can we open our homes, how can we open our lives to them and bless them, and why should we do that, and what does that have to do with my faith in Jesus Christ anyway? Well, it has a lot to do with it. We find in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, the promise that originally came to the nation of Israel before they were a nation came to a guy by the name of Abraham. And God made a promise to him, and the promise was this, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And so God says to Abraham, I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So the whole purpose of God blessing Abraham was to bless the world. As we look, and even as we look historically about how God has communicated uh, to us as, as human beings, it has been through this promise to this one man that he said he was going to make into a blessing to all the nations of the world. And so Israel comes up, and, and the Messiah comes through the nation of Israel. All that we know about the God that we follow is historically connected to this promise in this nation that, we, that, that God would make people into a blessing. And so even Jesus, when he arrives as the Messiah, as the Savior of the world, um, he's asked, what's the greatest commandment? It's to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Be a blessing. And so when we think in terms of why does God choose us, why does God make us part of his spiritual family, it is so that we would be a blessing and we would reciprocate the blessing that he has blessed us with, we would pour that out on humanity, and we would bless other people. And, and so we think in terms of, for, for us as a, as a body of believers, and I, I love this church, man, I, I really do, and, and the Lord is like, ministry-wise, he, he's changing and shaping me. I go through the same kind of sanctification, which is basically spiritual growth, that you guys do, and God's always stretching and growing me. And, and right now, one of the things that the Lord is really teaching me is, is the beauty and the intimacy of spiritual family. And just, just to be honest and candid and vulnerable with you, like, man, I got an ego, like, just like every other man. Like, I want to see the church grow. Like, I, I want to see it be successful. And sometimes that gets, like, that gets in the way of, of, of things for me, and I have to really check that with the Lord and say, Lord, like, just show me what you want me to learn. Like, help me to see what you want me to see. And right now with the Lord, he's taking me on this journey of, uh, about how like, the, the, the intimacy of the church and the spiritual family. And, 
and to know each other and be known. And once a church really starts to gain momentum and grow and it gets beyond a, a few hundred people, the, the dynamic shifts a little bit. Um, you, you begin to know a lot of people and you know them by name, but you don't know them intimately. And man, I, I know you guys. I know, I know some of you I don't know as well as others, but, but I get to have conversations with you and and I'm in spiritual family with you, and I'm really working hard on letting the Lord take me on this journey to make sure that I'm, I'm doing the kind of discipleship and building the kind of culture in the church that we, re- we retain that, 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 that spiritual family, man, that we, we know each other. We love each other. We don't just go to church together. We care about each other, and we're, we're in this thing together. And I love the, the, the way the Lord is sort of taking me on this journey of, of just really seeing what he wants to do with his body. And this is not my ministry. It's, it's his church, and I'm, I'm just a part of it, just like you're a part of it. And, and we want to we be the kind of church that focuses on, on the up, the in, and the out, like we want to know that, hey, man, we're, we're being challenged from the Word to connect with God in the up. We want to be the kind of church that we're being challenged to connect with each other on the in, and so that we're focusing not only on the up with God, but on the in with each other, and, and then to really be a, a complete church that we're, we're reaching out. And so you got to have the up and the in and the out, and it's easy for a church to be up and in and not have the out. It's easy for a church to be up and out and not have the in. It's easy for a church to be an in and out where they're into each other and they're all about reaching out and ministering to the community, but they're not focusing on the up of the word and how that connects them to the Lord and calls them to obedience. We want to have all three. We want to have the up. We want to have the in. We want to have the out. So we want to be this well-rounded church that is focusing on all three of these things, and we want to take that in the out piece, and we want to realize that as we are being blessed by God on the up and by each other on the end, we want to take that out beyond the walls of the church, beyond the body of this special place of intimacy, and realize that, listen, man, though we, there may be thousands of people around us, there are a lot of lonely people. Like, man, there, there's a lot of brokenness in our community. Um, you could drive up here any night of the week, and the parking lot around 6 o'clock will fill up with cars of people who are struggling with addiction. And, and you, there's stories of brokenness um, there. And, and you, you just see it all the time, the relationships ending in our community. Um, husbands and wives not able to reconcile differences and and going their separate ways. And, and, and sometimes what, it, what they need is just somebody to step into their lives and open up this beautiful thing that we call spiritual family and share it with them. Like there are a lot of people that, that you know, sure, they're religious, they're going to church, they're good people, but they don't know anything about spiritual family and really being close to one another and, and caring about each other. And, and that's what we need is we need to, man, we need to just really open our lives up and invite people in and let them see what a broken person who's being fixed by the Lord looks like. And when we do that, that, that's what Jesus wants us to do. He says, listen, I want you to love God, focus on the up with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and I want you to reach out and love others um, uh, like you love yourself. And when we do that, then we're, we're becoming a kind of ministry that really we're enjoying 
what the abundant life that Jesus died for us to have is all about. And so, so God's strategy to reach the world was to bless Abraham so he could bless other and others. And the big idea of this series is God has blessed us so we can bless others. God blesses us with salvation and he restores us into a right relationship with him. It is so that we can bless others and help them find that same restoration and, and reconciliation in their own lives. And so the bless is basically broken down into the, the, these five letters, B-L-E-S-S. And so we begin in prayer. So today we're going to focus on that. And for the next few weeks, we have some special speakers. You're going to love the speakers. I'm going to surprise you each week with who the speakers are. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun as the Lord stretches our body and uh, stretches the people within the body. And you hear uh, from some other voices within the body besides myself. And so we'll begin in prayer today. Then we learn to listen and engage, listen to what the Lord is saying and engage what is happening. We'll be challenged to eat together um, and to reach out and, and, and minister in that capacity to serve others, to serve our neighbor and all of this is so that we can be in relationship with them and we have the right to share our story. And so we're not just trying to bless our neighbors um, just so we can get them to come to church. We're trying to bless them because, I, and I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I, I'll drive down the road and I, I just, I think about my brokenness. I think about my sin over the course of my life. And I, I think about how God is using me in ministry to help other people. I said, why, God, why are you doing that? Why have you used me like this? Why, why do you care about me like this? Like, what did I do to deserve this? He says, nothing. You don't deserve it, Jimmy. It's just my nature to bless. And so I want you, Jimmy, to turn around and bless others in that capacity. And so, like, that... That's what we need to be doing is just reaching out to our neighbors, expecting nothing, just blessing them. And when they ask us why we've done some of the things that we've done, we just tell them because I want to bless you. And they say, well, I don't understand. So, well, God has blessed me and I just want to bless you. And that's a radical shift of the way people live because most people are just living for how can I take care of me? How can I get what I need? How can you help me be all that I need to be? as opposed to how can I allow myself to be a living sacrifice to help bless you in your journey. And, and we could just kind of leave it there and let people wrestle with that and, and know that they, they know that we're treating them this way because God treats us this way and he's just called us to do that. So that's, that's what we're going to be challenged with. And, and when we think in terms of how we're designed and what we believe as followers of Jesus, we were made to breathe in and breathe out blessings. And if we're not doing that, then we're kind of messed up. Like, that's what we're made to do. Jesus, he said, listen, I, I'm going to come. And, you know, he referred to himself often in the New Testament as the Son of Man. And when you study this phrase in the original languages, it, it means all that a man was originally designed to be. And so the Son of Man, he came to help us see what a, what a man, what a woman was originally designed to be. And what were we originally designed to be? We were originally designed to breathe in and breathe out the blessing of God. And so that it's just a natural experience that I'm just breathing in and breathing out blessing. Like None of you right now are thinking about breathing, but yet you're all breathing. 
And so what, what we need to be is the kind of people who are not thinking about blessing, but we're all blessing. And we just, it just becomes part of our nature to bless other people. And so as natural as it is for us to breathe in and breathe out just so that we are sustaining our lives, we breathe in and breathe out blessing and we're sustained spiritually and God's life is in us. And so today as we begin with the rhythm and prayer, it's important for you to understand that prayer is not a religious experience. I think right out of the gate we have to understand this, that if we're going to live this thing out and it's really going to have an impact like, so we go, oh, great, man, what is the church? We're going to do bless for the next five weeks. Like, if it's going to really happen for you, it's going to have to begin in prayer. And prayer is not like a, a religious experience that you have. Prayer is this word that we use to describe a divine conversation with God. That's all prayer is. Prayer is talking to God. And having these moments where we are just interacting with the Lord and we become uh, consistent in our conversations and we develop a rhythm with the Lord. And so it needs to be like breathing in and breathing out. Like when we see our neighbors, we just pray for, pray for them. When we see each other, when we, when we think thoughts, uh, when we see things that are funny, we share it with the Lord. And we just, we just interact with the Lord. We just breathe in and breathe out prayer. So prayer, one, yeah, prayer takes on different, um, a different kind of ways or manifestations in our life. Sometimes a person, when they're praying, they feel the need to kneel, and I think, um, and bow our heads, and that's just kind of a, a symbolic of, like, showing the Lord we're humbly submitting to his authority and his will. All prayer doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes you can just pray. I walk around in my basement. It's a daily rhythm of my prayer. And I just talk to the Lord. I talk to him about you guys. Um, we're getting enough of you now. I kind of can't talk to him about every one of you every day. But I guarantee you, if this is your church home, I talk to the Lord about you every week. And by name. It's one of the joys of my life to just sit there as a pastor and think about you and pray God's blessing over your life. And so I'm just talking to Jesus about you, about what God wants to do in your life, and, and blessing your kids if you have them. And, and I call these people, all of the people in your home out by name, and I just say, Lord, help them today, and bless them. Bless them in their jobs. Bless them as they go to work. Help them to grow spiritually. Help them to be sensitive to what you're trying to say. And I'm just talking to Jesus, man, about you. And, and that's all prayer is. Like, I, I pray that God would move in, in my family's life. I ask him to be with my kids and I have a conversation with Jesus about each one of my kids every day. And, and I ask the Lord to help them, to help them to grow. And, and if they see anything, Jesus, it, let them see in me that I'm modeling what it means to follow you. And let, let my faith become their own, Lord. Let them see my love for you, Lord. And let, may they grow that same kind of love. May they understand how important it is to have these daily conversations with you and interact with you and, and see that you are there and you exist and you're not silent. And so that's, that's all we're doing in prayers. We're just having these conversations with Jesus. And as we develop this rhythm in our life, it becomes like spiritual breathing for us. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 9. He says, I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can, only do, he can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. 
So what is Jesus saying? He says, I can't do anything without the Father. We know that um, in John chapter 15 uh, that he talks about abiding, that our fruit comes from our abiding with him. Now, Jesus came and he, he died on the cross of Calvary to be Savior. So we look at him as the Messiah, and he dies to save men um, from their sin. He's the Savior of the world. But he's also the model of what it looks like to walk with God. So he's not only dying as, a, as the perfect sacrificial lamb to cover our sins and, and so that we might be forgiven, he's also living, showing us what it, what it, what it is like to live the new life in Christ. And as he models that for us, and he shows us what it's like to follow God, he says the son can do nothing by himself. So if Jesus could do nothing by himself when he was here in his earthly form and flesh, he could do nothing by himself, but he could only do what the father does. What's that say about us? We can't do it by ourselves. And so if we're not having conversations with Jesus, we're trying to do it by ourselves. Every day that goes by and I don't talk to the Lord, I'm trying to build a church by myself. But every time that I do talk to the Lord, what am I doing? I'm trying to do what the Father does. I'm, I'm trying to look to the Lord. I'm trying to hear what he has to say so that I can make sure that I'm following suit with what the Lord wants me to follow. Look at John chapter 12, verse 49. For I did not speak of my own accord. This is Jesus talking. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. Well, how did he command him? Well, if you watch the rhythm of Jesus' life, he always is going to spend time with the Lord. Sometimes he spends all night just talking to the Lord. Listen, like, we got to get this. He is God in the flesh, and he's showing us that when he was here in his humanity, the way this thing works is that we must talk to God. And so prayer is not something that I come to the pastor for. Prayer is not uh, something that the, is, is, is reserved for the religious professionals. Prayer is for the people of God. Divine conversations should be happening by all of us as we talk to Jesus about what he wants us to do, and he can show us. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. Jesus often said, give them ears to hear and eyes to see. See and hear what? What the Lord wants us to do. So as we're talking to him, he begins to show us. And so the Lord wants us to pray so that he, we know um, what he wants us to do. Now, one time I was teaching a series that was a, a, a question series several years ago, and, and people would, from the congregation would submit questions. And then I would take a, a portion of the sermon, and I would just answer the question. And one of the questions was, why should I pray if God knows everything? And this is true. God does know everything. We're dealing with the sovereignty of God. So before I even pray, pray God knows what I'm going to pray about. So why should I pray if God knows everything? Because prayer is not designed to change God. Prayer is designed to change me. And so when we look into um, what, what the purpose of prayer is, is, is that God exists and we exist to serve him. He does not exist to serve us. And so God is not there, like when we talk to God, it's not about like we're, you know, we're talking to a spiritual genie and trying to talk him into doing our will. No, we're trying to talk to him about helping us do his will. This is the whole purpose of prayer. The goal of prayer is to talk to God so he can shape us and guide us. In Colossians chapter 1, 
um, verse 10, Paul says, And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Now, what is it that, that they're praying about? They're praying about the people of this particular church in this city, that they would have the knowledge of the will of God. And so why, why do, why do they, they want to have the knowledge of the will of God? So they can do the things that God wants them to do. So to answer the question simply, why should I pray if God knows everything? We should begin with prayer because God knows everything and we don't. Like we just don't. You don't know what's going on behind your neighbor's door. The only thing you know is what he looks like when he comes outside. You don't know if his wife goes to bed weeping every night because their marriage is so broken, but God knows. You don't know what the man next door to you is struggling with, what kind of addiction he may have that he's been hiding from the entire world. You don't know, but God does. And when you begin to talk to God about these people that live around you and just ask God to move in your life, people that, that are all around in our community that we're doing life with, and God, he hears those prayers and he cares about those people just like he cared about you and he brought you into the spiritual family. He cares about others. And why did he um, give the promise to Abraham so that Abraham might be a blessing to others? And why did he save you from your sins so that you might be a blessing to others. So if we know the Lord, we should be in conversation with him so that we can be a blessing to other people. So questions I've been asking the Lord recently is like, Jesus, where do you want to go today? Like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Who do you want to see? Who do you want to visit with? Lord, I want to see that. I want to, I want to see who you want to visit today because you see, I am the body of Christ. Like, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, and my body is not my own. And so as Jesus takes on physical form now, he does it through his church, and that is us. And so where we go, he goes. And so if we can be in tune with him as we have these divine conversations and talk to him about where he wants us to go and, and what he wants us to do, and we're asking him, Jesus, where do you want to go? What are we doing? We're dying to ourselves, and we're living unto Christ. And Jesus said, whoever loses his life will what? Find it. But if you're all about where do I want to go today, where do I want to do, where, how do I, who do I want to see, then, then it, it can make us begin to become very selfish individuals who are not focused on the kingdom. These questions have the potential to shift our lives to being kingdom focused. And Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of Christ and all these things shall be added unto you. So life is added to us when we become kingdom focused and ask just simple questions like in prayer, Jesus, where do you want to go today? Who do you want to talk to? Who do we want to encourage? And what happens is people that get on our nerves, we, all, uh, we, we just shift. And, and people that have been getting on our nerves at work, we begin to think, I wonder if I ever get on the Lord's nerves. You do. Like I do. Because we're We're human. And so we start seeing people from the perspective of God. And that changes everything. Instead of wanting to be a person who hates on other people and think about how complicated and difficult they make my life because they're terrible at their job, we start looking at them and going, man, does this person know the Lord? They're broken, and how could I step into their lives and help them? And, and how does Jesus see that individual? And all of a sudden, I begin to see myself as a minister of the gospel wherever I go, and that's exactly the way the Lord wants us to see ourselves. So 
here we talk a lot about this whole prayer thing. You ever thought about what happens to your prayer when you pray it? So Brent, he prayed a prayer this morning. He finished up the worship set, and he started talking to Jesus. He's Lord, he's, he's asking the Lord to move. What happened to that prayer? Well, the Bible, very interestingly, it tells us, it gives us a description of prayers. There are different types of literature in the Bible. Um, you have poetry, you have wisdom literature, um, you have narratives, you, you have what is called apocalyptic literature. And apocalyptic literature is very symbolic stuff. And so a lot of symbolism is used to communicate ideas. And the book of Revelation is an apocalyptic um, literature. It's, it is apocalyptic literature of the Bible. It is of that genre. And so that's why it has all these, these symbols in it. And so we, we get this great picture of prayer in Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 through 5, as John is on this island. The apostle John, was a, he was like a best friend of Jesus. And he writes this revelation, which is a vision that God gave him, as God is putting the word together, the Bible, and, and, and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we end up with the book of Revelation. And some of the revelation is fulfilled, some of it is yet to be fulfilled, uh, but there's a lot of, of, of symbolic language in it. And so we, we get this in Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 through 5. So just imagine Brent's prayer this morning. It came out. What happened to it? Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer. Now, keep in mind that everything that John is seeing is God is allowing him to see a vision inside the throne room of God, inside heaven itself. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth, and there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So what happens to that prayer? Well, John sees it as rising up to God along with the, this incense. And it's, it's ascending before the throne of God. And God is so pleased with the sweet, savory, fragrant offering of the prayer that he commands an angel to mix the prayer with his power and hurl it back on the planet. This is why Jesus told us to pray. We're talking to the one who made us. And as we pray, those prayers are ascending before God himself. And if we believe the Bible is truth, prayer moves the heart of God. It brings power to the planet. This is why when they ask Jesus, teach us to pray. This is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so he says, when you pray, let your prayer come up, and the Father will take that prayer, he will mix it with his power, and he will send it back to the planet. And so prayer moves the heart of God. The angel takes the fire of God, mixes it with prayer, and he hurls it back um, to the source from which it came. So look out, Brent. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is what prayer does. So beginning with prayer, what happens is it allows us to follow the God of wonder. And so as I wrap this thing up, here's what praying will do for you. He will surprise you around every corner. If you will talk to him, he will surprise you around every corner. And so I want to talk a little bit more about Shay and Molly. Um, we, we've hired Molly to do our kids' ministry. So let me tell you how this happened in the last few weeks. It's like April was resigning and leaving, moving to Houston. We needed somebody to do kids' ministry. I didn't know, like, who, who's going to do it? Who has a heart to take this ministry where it needs to go? So I play basketball at Lifetime, one, so that I don't get, you know, fat. <laughs> and two, to connect with guys. Like, it just helps me to connect with people in the community. And I, I, I've met a lot of people up there. And so the way that I met Shay is I walked in one day, and he was having a conversation with another guy, and he, was, he mentioned church planting. But he, he was trying to figure out if the Lord may want him to plant a church. And so I just kind of heard that. And, and so I just started a conversation with him. And the conversa- that's, that's as far as it went, is I had a little bit of a conversation with him, told him um, a little bit about our ministry. He, and so we just kind of share a little bit. And so what I did is I went home, and I got a big whiteboard in my basement. And guess whose name went on the whiteboard? Shay's name went on the whiteboard. And I just started praying for it. And so I prayed for a couple of weeks. I didn't see him for a, a while again. And so I come, he comes up to Lifetime. I'm up there one day playing, and, and he's up there, and he comes in, and I say, hey, well, what's up, Shay? He says, what's up? I said, man, I've been praying for you. And he stops, and he goes, really? And so I just took what I had been. So what have you been praying for me about? I've been praying that you would be able to understand what God's will is and what he would want you to do with your life. And so that's, that's all I knew to pray. And so this turned into some lunch conversations. Before we knew it, um, we had a kindred spirit. He was thinking about, you heard the story a couple weeks ago, those of you who are here. He was thinking he was going to move back to Arkansas. And as a result of that whole thing, just, just, and it really was centered around prayer. We hired his wife, and so they're downstairs right now doing children's ministry. Now, I could tell you, like, over my lifetime, I could tell you story after story after story where I've seen the Lord do things, and they're all connected to prayer. Me being here is all connected to prayer. And so like the, the God of wonders is waiting to surprise us around every corner, but if we don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, we will miss it. And so what I've started to do is like, I've started praying for my neighbors. There are, I've got five neighbors in my cul-de-sac, and you may live in a cul-de-sac, you may not, but I do. And so I just started praying for them by name. And I'm just going to ask the Lord to bless them and to show me how I'm supposed to bless them. And so I don't know what's going to happen, but I know the Lord is going to, receive my prayer, and he's going to move. Now, here's something interesting. <laughs> is I've been repairing my deck at, at home. It had some wood rot on it. 
And I've been making a lot of noise. And I was out working on it Friday. And, and keep in mind, I've been praying this. Lord, like, I want to bless my neighbors. And so as I'm making some noise over there, I've got the music playing, and it's a little bit loud. And Bob comes out, and I think he's on his porch. I don't know if he was upset with me because I had the music on a little loud, and he and his wife were sitting out there. I, I, he never didn't act like he was. But he says, hey, hey, Jimmy, and I, I couldn't hardly hear him. He said, hold on, let me turn the music down. So I turned the music down. He said, why don't you hurry up and finish that deck so we can have a party? That is a, like, I've lived there for six years. He's never talked to me about having a party. And so that's the way that the Lord moves, is he's just always moving. And, and so if we, all of us, like, we're just talking to the Lord, show me, Lord, how I can bless my neighbors and start praying for them by name. Who knows what's going to happen? And so we're going to do some intentional things as a church. We're going to try to, we've picked a few families in the church that as a body for our serve projects, we're going to send some teams out to go help some families bless their neighbors. But the, the goal is, is that everybody's doing it. And every one of us, we're going to bless our neighbors and see what the Lord does. And why are we going to do that? Because that's why he saved us, so that we would be a blessing to others. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.